morning. Good morning. Am I on? Yeah. Okay, I'm good. All right. Well, thank you for giving me the chance to be here this morning and to share with you. It's always fun to be back in God's country, that is Pennsylvania. <laughs> I came in last night with my kids from Wisconsin. They think that's God's country. I don't know, but they're, they're kind of mistaken. But um, I can say that because there's nobody here from Wisconsin. I'm, <laughs> I'm safe. Uh, but it, it is really good. My, my kids stayed with Grandma down at, in Lidditz, and my dad is here, and my sister is here from Mannheim, and they uh, came to support me this morning. I, I noticed that some of the people that I know from this congregation are not here, uh, so I, I'm a little worried about that. I don't know. They knew I was coming, and they decided not to be here. <laughs> but it really is great to be here, and... Uh, Look forward to be with you this morning and then the Sunday school hour, and then I'll be here again. Uh, Pastor Adam said he hadn't heard us, think he, he thinks he'd never heard a sermon before on, on Isaiah 10:15, and that would make two of us, at least. <laughs> we'll see how it goes, <laughs> if we're going to do it again later or not. But I, I, I'm grateful to be back here. Um, it's been quite a few years, and a lot of things have happened in my life, and I'm sure in your lives too. It's probably 30 plus years since I've been in this congregation as a visitor. Probably back in my days of working at Camp Swatara in the summer, and, and um, some of the staff that I worked with were from this congregation and may have come here on a Sunday morning. I can't exactly remember what it was that brought me here the last time. But I am now uh, living, as I said, in Wisconsin, and uh, my wife and I live on a farm. It's her parents' farm. And I'm about an hour and a half from the Church of the Brethren offices in Elgin. So I, I can be to the offices if needed, but I don't have to be there very often. And, uh, and I'm glad to stay home on the farm and work from home most of the time. That is when I'm not traveling. And so this morning I hope to share a little bit about some of the places that I get to go with your support and your help. So the, my title of my, my talk or message this morning is Kingdom Veggies, or uh, maybe what can vegetables do for the kingdom of God, um, other than we all know about veggie tales and, uh, and the, uh, the veggie tale stories that my kids grew up on and maybe some of your kids grew up on. And, and, and so that's another way that the vegetables have done something for the kingdom of God. But this is, these are actual vegetables and, and plants and, and crops that maybe I'll talk about this morning. Isaiah 10.15 talks about being a tool and not getting the tool confused with the person or the one who is using the tools. And as I was putting together, a, at once a year I do a thank you letter to congregations who have supported the Global Food Initiative, and that letter will be coming out in a couple months and you'll get that letter, so you get a sneak preview. The uh, scripture verse that I chose that, that came to me was this one as I was looking through things to say that I've been at this position as the manager of the Global Food Initiative for over seven years now and we're really getting to see some exciting things happening with our different partners around the globe but we can't take credit for it we have to we have to remember who is the one who is ultimately the source of good things and that would be our creator God and we have seen exciting things with brothers and sisters around the globe and their work, and I'll, I'll talk about some of that. 
But I want to talk about being a, use these scriptures to talk about being a tool. And this scripture talks about saws and, and hammers and, and other tools, but I couldn't find any scriptures that talked about us being rakes or hoes, but that's, that would be maybe a little closer to the people who work for uh, congregations and churches around the world who are reaching out to their neighbors through gardening and farming. And for me, my journey started in Lebanon, as I think it's mentioned in the bulletin. I'm from Lebanon, grew up in Lebanon. I'm a Lebanon cedar through and through. Um, I, uh, if you cut me, I probably bleed red and blue going back to my days in Lebanon, Lebanon High. Um, but it, it is, it is a, a place where I was nurtured. The congregation in Lebanon has continued to be supportive to me. And so local churches uh, have a real... Um, special place in God's kingdom. And I think is one of the most important ways that God reaches out and, and touches people in the world. And there are many organizations that are doing good work, that are feeding people, doing work that is important, and that God can use and God honors. And you probably support many of those. Church World Service and its Crop Walks, Heifer Project, World Vision, there are many. One of the things that I've tried to do to in my seven years with the Global Food Initiative is to make sure that the local church is our priority. That when we're working with a partner, whether it be in Rwanda or in Rockford, Illinois or Champaign, Illinois or um, many of the places that we work these days, that the local church is the, <clears throat> is the main partner that we, we have chosen to work with. They're the hands and feet of Jesus that are going to be seen by people in their communities. And so we've We've taken the posture of how can we support local congregations with the funds that we've been um, blessed to have and have the responsibility to care for. I think many of you know the stories in Acts of how the first deacon ministries or uh, social ministries of the church were started. There was a, a need to care for widows uh, and orphans, and the church said, you know, the church leaders said we need to set some people apart for that. And that's in Acts 6-5, and you know the story of Stephen. And about two uh, verses later, Acts chapter 6, verse 7, it says, So the word of God spread, and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. I, I just find that interesting, that two verses after they, they maybe some more time passed, but it seems like very, in a very short time, short amount of time, after deacon ministries and outreach ministries were set up, the church started to grow rapidly. And uh, as someone who's, who's more comf comfortable maybe uh, walking the walk than talking the talk, uh, I, I like to think that maybe uh, that ministry adding to those who can talk the talk uh, may have had something to do with, with people being able to see the authenticity of the believers and, and realizing that they were people who cared not just about people's souls but cared about their bodies and physical needs as well. So I'm hoping this morning I'll, I'll begin sharing some stories of, of different places I've been able to travel and different people I've met and how the Global Food Initiative, through your generous support, has been able to um, impact different communities where, uh, where Church of the Brethren, pretty specifically in most of these cases, where the Church of the Brethren is doing mission work around the globe. Earlier this year, I was able to travel to uh, Rwanda in the central part of Africa, 
And this was a potato growing project that's been going on for about seven years. The Church of the Brethren Rwanda in Rwanda has been reaching out. And if you have an opportunity, um, not too far from you, we have some returning missionaries, Josiah and Christine Ludwig are just back from Rwanda. And uh, I think they're open for, for uh, speaking opportunities. So when you can pry them away from Harrisburg, I'm sure they would be willing to come and talk. They, I was able to visit with Josiah and Christine this last year and uh, Pastor Etienne and Sansimana, who has been leading the Church of the Brethren in Rwanda, and to visit their potato growing project. Now this project is with a group of people called the Twa, or the Batwa. It's a group of people that uh, sometimes they're known as pygmies. I didn't find them all to be particularly small. I think that's a, maybe a misconception and maybe... Um, Maybe there are some Twa who are, but if you know the, the history of Rwanda and uh, the very, very um, sad and tragic history and the rivalries between the Hutu and the Tutsis, there are other smaller groups in Rwanda, and the Batwa are another group that were very small. They were a hunter-gatherer people that lived in the forest. They had no history of living in homes and settlements. They were uh, people who followed the animals, followed game, and through violence and also uh, different government programs taking parts of, of the DR Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Rwanda, Burundi, they've set up national parks for wildlife. And that has meant that people that traditionally lived there have been displaced. And so the Batwa have moved and had to live as squatters on the outside of villages and and steal and beg uh, to try to survive. Well, Pastor Etienne uh, <coughs> of the Rwanda Church of the Brethren said he had been trying for years to find a way to reach the Batwa, to share Jesus with the Batwa without any success. And he came upon this idea for a potato growing project. Now, Rwanda is a country that is uh, pretty high altitude, beautiful climate, uh, temperatures are, are perfect for, for growing Irish potatoes. And they grow lots and lots of potatoes there. Um, and, and they grow a lot of peas, too. That was kind of their crop rotation. Um, just kind of garden peas that we would grow and Irish potatoes. Beautiful uh, climate, beautiful, rich, volcanic soils. And so they, they set about um, inviting the Twa to come join church members to grow potatoes. And the first year, a few people joined them, and then more joined them, and seven years into the project, they have seen the Twa go from being squatters on the outside of the village to having several of their young people now uh, make it through and make it through high school, which is unheard of for the Twa. They have uh, some young men who are interested in being pastors. A whole group of the Twa from one village have joined a Church of the Brethren. They've, they've become Christians, they've joined the Church of the Brethren, and they started a choir. And that choir has gone to another village where the Twa were living as squatters outside of the village, and they have preached the gospel to them, and they have started a choir and have joined a church, and they are doing a potato project. So if you're wondering where how uh, veggies have anything to do with the kingdom of God, there was one example in Rwanda. 
and you want to hear more about the church and some of the exciting things, I, I, rec I really recommend inviting Josiah and Christine. They, they have a, uh, some amazing stories to tell of their time. In Haiti, Haiti's a place that's dear to my heart. My wife and I were missionaries there for a couple of years. And I get to go back there. I was involved with uh, Brethren Disaster Ministries and the earthquake response starting in 2010. And that was um, a time of great uh, tribulation for the people of Haiti and the Church of the Brethren in Haiti, which was very young and just getting its start <coughs> at that time. Since that time, the Church of the Brethren in Haiti, which was about the time of the earthquake, they were maybe about 10 to 12 congregations. They're now closing in on 25 to 30 congregations, depending how you count churches and preaching points. And you may know about their, the, uh, the health project, the Haiti Health Project, Haiti Medical Project. They have been doing a lot of great work with water projects and health work. They have been reaching out, doing agriculture work. We're doing a lot of soil conservation work. If you've ever seen pictures of Haiti, you know that uh, most of their farming is on very steep hillsides and they've had lots of uh, deforestation. And when hurricanes come, um, it's, it's, uh, it's almost always major losses to farmers. So we have a project where we're building pretty substantial rock walls for terracing of soil and starting trees and nurseries that will be planted behind the rock walls once they've been completed on people's fields. And I, I had a conversation with, the, with some church leaders in Haiti and the general secretary, his name is Romy Telfort, and someone said to Romy, Pastor Romy, they said, Romy, now remember with all these social outreach things that you're doing that you don't forget to preach the gospel. And, and Romy said, without skipping a beat, Romy said, you know what, it's all the gospel. When we can share Jesus with people, whether we're planting crops or actually sitting down and talking to them and talking about uh, their spiritual life, he said, it's all the gospel. So the, the, the folks in Haiti get it, I think. Uh, they, they get this idea of how the local church working together through their social outreach projects and also their evangelism work and their youth work uh, can make a, a, a powerful witness in their communities. In Nigeria, I've been able to travel there quite a few times in the last three or four years. Um, you would be surprised to know, or maybe if you've read any of my newsletters, you might know a little bit more, but the Nigerian church in many ways is thriving. Despite the continued persecution, despite um, suicide, bomb, uh, suicide bombers that continue to show up in marketplaces from time to time unexpectedly, raids from Boko Haram when the government has said they've been defeated, uh, that continue to cause havoc in vi different villages across northeast Nigeria. The Church of the Brethren, Ecclesia Yanawa, on Nigeria, is, is growing. I was at annual conference and heard uh, Reverend Joel Billy, the president of EYN, talk, and he said, uh, people who have been Muslim all their life are walking into our churches. They're coming to our churches because they've seen the alternative. They've seen what, what life is like under Boko Haram. And they are saying, the brethren and churches, Christians in general, have been reaching out uh, to us through food, distribution, food distributions, uh, clothing distributions, helping people, temporary shelters. And they're saying, this is, we're interested. We want to know more about this God that you serve. Well, one of the tools that we're using 
and the local church is using to combat terrorism might seem odd, but it's the lowly soybean. They have a soybean project that has been growing. And EYN operates a number of agricultural stores. And they have done this for many, many years. They provide fertilizers, seeds, tools, and other farming implements and things that farmers would need. And then the proceeds go back into supporting the, the agricultural extension work of EYN. Well, one of the outreaches they have decided upon for the last few years are using soybeans. Now, why soybeans? Well, we know that you can eat soybeans. You can make a lot of different foods out of soybeans, and they are doing that. And soybeans are not new to Nigeria. They've been growing soybeans in Nigeria for 40 or 50 years. But one of the things that is new is that in major metropolitan centers across Nigeria, chicken farms are becoming a, a really important uh, industry. And more and more, there's more and more demand for chicken food, chicken feed. And more and more people are raising chickens. And soybeans are imported from other parts of the world. So EYN has introduced soybean as a cash crop for farmers. And the prices have been good. Uh, we have been working with uh, a retired professor from the University of Illinois, and he's been working as a consultant with us, and I've been able to travel with him to Nigeria quite a bit. He's been interviewing farmers, and he said they get a better price for their soybeans than our American farmers presently are getting for soybeans. So it's, it's been an, an important cash crop, and it's, it's helping to provide uh, income, and also the long-term goal is to build up an industry in northeastern Nigeria where there are no jobs for young people, which is makes the climate just ripe for uh, Boko Haram and other um, extremist groups to come into the area. When, when young people, particularly young men, have nothing to do, it's a, it's a bad scene. Um, someone said to me once about men, uh, young men especially, they do, they're like a, back, like a Mack truck. They do best when they're weighted down with somewhere to go. And, and I think uh, if you look around the world where, where terrorism and um, radical extremism is taking hold, it's places where economic development has lagged and people, young men especially, have very little to do. In the United States, uh, and you may not know it, but you are surrounded here by a number of congregations that are doing community gardens. And I, actually, maybe you have one and I don't know, I should have asked, uh, but um, I, I assume it's still going. It's been a few years since I've been there, been there. The Anvil Church of the Brethren has a community garden in an empty lot behind their building. And that, uh, last I heard, was doing very well. I haven't been there in a couple of years. I hope it's still going. The Palmyra Church of the Brethren uh, has some folks in their congregation who have a farm somewhere north of Palmyra. I visited there once. Remember, you could see the mountains from there, and the South Mountains. And, oh, no, the, the Blue Mountain you can see from there. And they have uh, a number of people who come to the farm and grow vegetables that they now take back to Palmyra to a uh, uh, food pantry, I believe. And the Harrisburg First Church has started a community garden. I don't know if any of you have been there. It's, yep, they're expanding their work. Uh, the Global Food Initiative gave them another grant this year to expand some more. So if you don't have a place to go and, and help with community gardening, you've got a couple choices not too far away from you. Uh, talked to one of the members of the Harrisburg First Church, and she talked about how important that has been, Juanita Benson. And Juanita said, it's helped our church members get out and meet some of the neighbors. Even some of the members who are in the neighborhood didn't know all, too many of their neighbors. And so when they're actually out in their garden, which is just a stone's throw from the church building, 
on a vacant lot that the church owned. Uh, they've been able to meet people and beautify a space in the community. I think they've struggled with groundhogs quite a bit, uh, which shocked me that there would be groundhogs in Harrisburg, but there are apparently groundhogs in Harrisburg. Um, I talked to a friend of mine uh, who's an extension agent in Lancaster, Jeff Grable, and Jeff said, yeah, they're just like great big rats. So anyways. But you can see through a lot of these stories how it's the local congregation that is allowing itself to be a tool that is allowing God to work through them as they reach out to their neighbors and, and are a blessing to their neighbors. Ephesians 4.12 talks about equipping people for works of service. So the Global Food Initiative, we try to provide grants that can equip local, local Christians through their local congregation to reach out to their community. That has been um, something that, that I have worked hard to focus on and um, we've seen now that I'm seven years in, we've started to see more and more good things happening in local congregations. So hopefully this morning um, I've been able to encourage you. Uh, last year, my letter to the congregations in our poster used a scripture verse talking about provoking one another to do good works. And so if in some way I can um, provide some incentive to ideas that are already underway, that you've already been doing, and then, then uh, I just will continue to pray that God will use the Global Food Initiative in that way and in, in other place, places for God's glory and their neighbor's good around the world through the local church. So thank you again. I know you've been uh, supportive of the Global Food Initiative for many years, and through your support, good things are happening. Thank you. <laughs>